0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Father, we come before your throne this morning because you are awesome, you are wonderful, you are loving. You are gracious, you are majestic, you are our wonderful counsellor, our awesome healer, our Lord of lords, King of kings. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And Father, this morning, as this word comes to our hearts, we pray that Lord you will anoint the word, anoint our ears to hear, and prepare the soil of our hearts to receive the seed of your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I think one of the problems that many of us have, and uh, I can certainly put my hand up to this, is that we often, in this busy world in which we live in, in this society, over this hemisphere of the world, and maybe in other parts of the world as well, I'm not so well-travelled. <laughs> um, but we become so busy and hectic with our chores, with our duties, with our families, with our uh, church responsibilities, with our careers, with our education, and all of our anxieties, fears, worries, troubles, and anything else that we can throw into our little backpacks that we carry on our journey called life. And we kind of fill up these, these rucksacks with all sorts of, all sorts of things that fill up the space in the rucksack and fill up the space in our time, time schedules that we have and fill up our days. And all of a sudden we find that rather than building our lives and our, days and our times around God, we find that we're building God around our schedules. And we, t- we start to squeeze God into the gaps that we find. And, and when things, uh, we find that something else is cancelled or, uh, we, we're able to push something back an hour or hour back a day, we find that we're able to squeeze a moment with God in. And this morning, I really feel that the Holy Spirit is just prompting us and bringing us back to this place where he sort of says, hang on a minute. You need to readdress your priorities here and you need to learn how to be quiet and be still. And you need to learn how to hear my sweet still voice so that you can be directed and know the will for your life. Many of us have that question from the very moment that we get saved what is my purpose what is the will for my uh, will of god for my life what am i what am i to do what's my mission god says that we should go into all the world that's good but how is that relevant to me and the and the thing is if we're not careful we become so busy that we don't make time to listen and to hear the voice of god and its direction to us and we start listening to other people and what prophets have to say, and what our friends have to say, and what churches have to say, and what people who are non-who uh, are not saved have to say. And we start building up direction for our life based on what other people say, rather than what God says about you. Amen? So the purpose of this message this morning is really just to encourage us, and to try and help us to address this issue. And to look at being able to create, actually manufacture and create quiet time with God in our own daily lives. Amen? Amen. So if you turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Now this is a story, an account in the New Testament here, written by Luke. And it talks about Martha and Mary, two sisters. Amen? Are we ready? As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the the dinner, by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Amen. Now I want to, looking at this small passage of scripture this morning, I would like to bring out about three points. And then at the end of this, I would like to just very quickly run through a six point structure in which I've adopted myself. And I found it particularly helpful. I'm not going to uh, lay claim to ownership of this structure. I actually found it and stumbled across it when I was reading a a book by Rick Warren. And uh, I found it particularly helpful. And so I would like to share that with you this morning as well at the end. So this is not just a kind of a asking and and delving into some questions here about how how important is it to to spend quiet time with God. But it's also uh, at the end, I just want to kind of create for you a very simple plan that you can put into your life and you can then use that and modify that to suit your lifestyle. And in doing so, you can hopefully, by the end of this, Start manufacturing, creating time with God and pushing aside some of the other things that are blocking your time with God. Amen. Right. The first point I would like to bring this morning is that God desires fellowship. God desires fellowship and friendship and a relationship with you. If we look at Luke chapter 10, 38. It's the opening scripture and it says, as Jesus and the disciples continued, sorry, yeah, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now note this, it was Martha who invited Jesus into her home. At that point, Jesus was walking towards the village and he was looking to meet people. Why would you go to a village? you go to a village because there are people there. Because you're going to encounter fellowship with other people. And Jesus was heading towards the village so that he would meet people. Now obviously reading through the scripture we can identify that it is Martha and Mary that he was appointed to meet. Um, But when she saw Jesus from his distance, she recognised that it was Jesus. She saw that it was Jesus and she sort of said, well... I know who you are. She flung open the doors of her home and she said, come on in. Come on in and make yourself at home. Come on in and sit down, put your feet up. I'll make you a cup of tea because that's a good old English thing to do. (laughs) And so Jesus was welcomed into her home. And many of us sitting here this morning or listening online can profess to the fact that at one point or another in our life, We recognised who Jesus is. And from a distance we saw him and we said, Jesus, come on in. We fling open the doors of our heart and we said, Jesus, come on into my heart. Make yourself at home. Make yourself at home. You're welcome here. And we welcome Jesus into our lives. When we look further back, Even at the book of Genesis, just to highlight again, the importance of fellowship to to God. The importance of a relationship to God. When we look at Genesis 3, verses 8 to 9, we see here that it's talking about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And it says here, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God amongst the trees. Now obviously at this particular time they had already sinned. But in their sinning they had suddenly discovered that they were were naked. Because that was the way that they they were made. And they became ashamed of what they had done. And when God was coming down to walk in the cool of the day, they heard God walking. So that indicates a couple of things. First of all, that God was walking in the cool of the day, which means his presence was with them. Even from the beginning of time, God was with them. And he was walking with them. And he was talking with them. But it also says that they heard the sound of him walking in the garden, which indicates that they must have recognized the sound of God walking in the garden. So it must have happened at least once or twice or a few times before. So it wasn't a sound that they were not familiar with. So this indicates that even with Adam and Eve, God wanted relationship. He wanted fellowship with his creation, with what he had made. And when we look at John 3.16, I mean, we, we... reading through the old testament you discover obviously through the sin of adam that the relationship with god and mankind was was separated it was severed and god as you read through the old testament was putting into motions the plans for salvation and when we come to john 3:16 it talks there about for god so loved the world that whosoever uh, that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life why did god do this Because he wanted to have a relationship with his creation. He wanted fellowship. He wanted to bring us back to him. Because of everything that had happened in the Garden of Eden that had separated man from God, he had already put into motion the plans to bring mankind back. So Jesus was the answer for us for salvation. Amen. And the funny thing about relationships is that The more time you spend with someone, the more you start to sound like them. The more you start to look like them. And God forbid I start wearing a dress because that is really not going to (laughs) happen. Or big dangly earrings. If anyone sees me coming to church wearing a dress, pray for me. (laughs) Please, cast out those demons. (laughs) But the more time, seriously, the more time you spend with someone, the more you get to know them. You have more intimate encounters, more intimate moments where you open up and share your thoughts, your fears, your ambitions. And for those who are in relationships, those who are married, those who are newly married, and those who are even long-term married, I encourage you to keep this up 10 years this year. Amen. (laughs) Having Having those times of sharing your your hopes and your dreams and your visions, but all, all also listening to your partner's hopes, dreams, visions, sharing them and in, and enjoying them, so that you can make a lifelong journey together of them. And the funny thing is that God wants this. He has plans for you. Plans, plural, not just one, not just one singular plan. Plans to prosper you, plans to build you a future and a hope. Are you listening to those plans? Are you sharing your plans with him? Are you listening to his directions for your life? Because if you spend time having a two-way conversation and not just a one-way conversation saying, Lord, I want a big house, gigantic, 20 stories, three garages, 16 cars... And planning permission for the other garages. If you spend time listening to God and his voice, then you will actually hear where he's directing you to go. Amen? And when we look at Genesis 1, 26, the very beginning of the Bible, very beginning, it says here, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us they will reign over the fish in the sea the birds of the sky the livestock all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground god has made us to be like him we are little jesus'es minimes not minions Minimies for Jesus. And the whole purpose of salvation is for us to be like Christ. That we would spend time in relationship with him. Have our hearts broken for the things that break his heart. Have a passion for the things that he has a passion for. Be driven to do the things that God would do. God is love. We should be love. Amen? So the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you start to behave like Jesus, sound like Jesus, talk like Jesus and invest in a pair of Jesus sandals because they look good. (laughs) It's kind of being with, with being with Jesus and spending time with him and looking like him. Reminds me of my first days when I got saved. Man, you couldn't keep me away from a prayer meeting. I was so passionate about being in prayer, going to church service. I don't think I missed a church service in something like two years. And even then, well, I remember when I was in hospital, I had to go to hospital for, a, for an operation. I was in there for probably about a week. Uh, and the first thing I did, I came out with plaster all over my face. And don't worry, I wasn't having plastic surgery. I wasn't trying to make myself, you, just, you can't perfect on this. So, <laughs> but I came out of hospital and, uh, and, and the first thing I did was I just went straight to church. I was sat there in the back row and I got picked out by the pastor and, and brought forward and prayed for and blessed. And I thought, no, everyone sees my face. But I was unashamed to be. Like Jesus in those in those days, I was so passionate, so zealous, so full of fire. I got so many things biblically wrong. Theologically, I was all over the place. I was upside down. I was off to the left. I was off to the right. I was telling people, I'm going to cast out your demons. But it. the truth of the matter is my heart, I was so passionate about being in the presence of God. And I learned so much over that time. There were so many things going on that I, I was, my eyes were open to just by simply being in his presence and, and hearing from him day after day after day. But then this leads me on to my second point. When we look back at Martha, Luke 10, verse 40. Let's turn our attention back to the Bible. Luke 10, verse 40. says here, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner. Now bear in mind, it was Martha who invited Jesus into her home. Yes? But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come here and help me. Martha's attention had been drawn away from Jesus and it had been fixed all of a sudden on all her duties, tasks and responsibilities and as important as it is to have tasks, responsibilities and work to do, she became distracted and started to focus her attention on those things more than the fact that she had Jesus in her home. And we ourselves, when we invite Christ into our hearts and we say, we fling open those doors of our hearts and we say, Jesus, come on in, sort my life out, help me, cleanse me, purify me. But can you also do the dishes? We suddenly start becoming distracted with all the other things that we have in our lives, things that we try to set aside, bad habits, lying, cheating, being deceitful, stealing, dishonouring our parents. I could go through the whole list of Ten Commandments and tick every single one of the ones there that I've broken. And even now, to this day, we all struggle at some point or another With something that we know that is displeasing to God. And we start to fill our time with work and chores and drinking. Coming from an English culture, that's something that is kind of accepted in England. You know, filling your spare time with drinking. That's something I know quite a bit about. But the funny thing is, when you come to Christ, these things shouldn't really occupy your time. And by spending more time with Jesus, we suddenly start to realise that there are things in our calendar that we can actually get rid of. There are things in our diary that we can cross off and sort of say, I don't need to be doing that on Monday. I don't need to be doing that ever again. There are people that we meet that we could probably start crossing off our friendship list. It always makes me laugh, actually, with Facebook The number of times you get a little message through from someone saying, and it appears on your timeline and it says, Congratulations, I have culled a load of people who I'm no longer friends with, but you're still on my list. But then you don't actually hear from them for 12 months. Sometimes maybe we need to address that, that very issue. Some of the friends and some of the people that we have in our lives are a distraction. And that they are drawing us away from God. When you feel that you should be spending time with God and spending time in his presence. Making time to hear his word, to read the Bible. But then you have a friend of yours who calls you up and says, Hey mate, let's go out to the pub tonight. Let's go and hit it. Let's go large it. As they say. See, I'm down with the lingo. Let's go and hit a club. Or what's the other one they say? I know this is probably a not, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Let's go do a doobie. It relates to drugs. Let's go do a doobie. So there are things that, you know, at whatever stage we are in our lives, we there is always something that can be a distraction to us. Something that has a stronghold over us. And like Martha, we can start to take our eyes off Jesus, start to take our eyes off the relationship that we have with God, and we can start to put it back on the things that bring us instant pleasure, pleasure to the flesh, pleasure to the bones. And we forget where the source of our strength comes from. And we forget where the source of our joy comes from. and We forget where the source of all of our peace comes from. Because when God gives you joy and peace, it surpasses all understanding. You don't really know where it comes from. Even in the midst of troubled times or, troubled, uh, or problems in families and problems in work, you find yourself at peace. What we start to do is we start to relegate God to the sidelines in our lives. We start to sort of look at it and think, well, I did this, I did this, and I did that. We forget that God was with us through those times. We seem to forget that the battles were won, not because of our own strength and our own genius and our own accomplishment and our own energy and the fact that we had time to do it. We seem to neglect that, that that God was with us. And we say that we did it by our own strength. And all of a sudden we find that God is gradually being sidelined out of our lives, pushed away. Where once you spent ten hours with him a week, in solitude, in silence, in prayer, in worship, seeking his face, both day and night. You suddenly find that you're doing it five hours, or three hours Two hours, then one. And then gradually you start to forget scriptures. You start to struggle to recall certain individuals in the Bible. You start to forget who God is. What he meant to you, what he means to you deep down. You see, as the deep speaks to the deep this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to your hearts this morning and letting you know that he, Jesus, is the vine and we are the branches. And if we become separated from the vine, there is nothing left. There's no life source. There's no strength in in the branches without the source. Quite funnily this morning, I I sleep rather awkwardly sometimes. I have very bizarre positions that I sleep in. And uh, I slept with my head resting on my arm. And it must have been probably five o'clock in the morning when I suddenly woke up. And I kind of went, ha, ha, ha. And my wife, bless her, suddenly bolted upright. She's like, what's the matter? And I went, my arm's dead. Look. It's just flopping around. The truth of the matter is, I'd laid on quite an important part of my arm, of my blood circulation. And I'd cut the oxygen supply and the blood flow off from the rest of my arm. And in doing that, I'd given myself pins and needles. So when I lifted my head off, all of a sudden my arm was tingling and it was heavy and I was going, ah! Because it was reconnecting with the oxygen, and reconnecting with the blood flow. Now that's just a very silly, simple analogy that I can give you this morning. That if you cut off your source of your oxygen, and the source of your blood flow to your life, you will be floppy. (laughs) Do a little dance. Get down tonight. You will become lifeless. You will have no source of strength. You will have no source of joy. You will have no source of peace. Because you have cut yourself off from the source of everything that gives you strength and life. Amen. Here's another point that kind of comes under this second one. You can be in his presence, but you could be missing out on his presence. Ta-da. Presence, as in E-N-C-E, and presence, as in gifts. You can be in his presence, E-N-C-E, but you could be missing out on his presence, E-N-T-S. The gift of God to you is life, salvation, and all the blessings that follow thereafter. Now, you can choose to have a relationship with God. Therefore, as a result of that relationship, you are entitled to privileges. You are entitled to salvation because it's a gift to you. Because you have faith in God, you trust in Him, you trust in Jesus Christ. So, it's a gift to you. Here you go, have a gift. But then all the knowledge and all the wisdom and all the understanding and all the beautiful things that follow that help give your life definition and direction and meaning and success through troubled times, they are also gifts to you along the way. They are little nuggets of gold that God sort of says, well, here you go. You're spending more time with me. Let me give you a little bit of wisdom. Let me give you a little bit of understanding. Let me give you, give you a bit of knowledge. Let me give you some direction. And the word of God starts to become a compass to you. But Martha, bless her, she invited Jesus into her home. And then she became distracted. So she was in his presence, but she was missing out on the gift of his knowledge. The gift of the script, the scriptures being imparted into her home. And we can invite Jesus into our hearts. But if we don't spend time in relationship, in solitude, listening to his voice in silence. By the way, it's a long way in, but that's the title of my message today. The sound of silence. I hope you like it. Listening in silence. Because silence has a sound. And it is the sound of God's voice whispering in the wilderness. Whispering in the quiet of this world, but in the noise of heaven. Amen? Funny thing is, as quiet as we can try and make this world, we will never be as loud as heaven is. Amen? One day you'll maybe understand that. I still trying to understand that myself. The third point I'd like to bring this morning. Luke again, chapter 10, verse 39 to 42. 39 to 42. This is the sort of back end of the scripture. It says here that Martha's sister Mary, her sister Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come here and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. This morning, We can be encouraged that in this story, in this record, Mary discovered what it was to sit. Sit. She wasn't standing. She wasn't dancing around. She wasn't rushing around with her sister. She wasn't out gardening. She wasn't washing the car. But she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's a mouse, by the way. (laughs) She was sitting at the Lord's feet and sitting still. She was hearing the word, listening to the word. And one of the things that we can be encouraged when we read this this morning is that who do we want to be like, Martha or Mary? Do we want to be filling up our diary and time with all sorts of activity? Now, let me get one thing straight. What I'm not encouraging everyone to do this morning is abandon your posts in church and suddenly down tools and go, right, that's it. I give up. I ain't, I'm not stewarding anymore. I'm going to go and spend my time in prayer. That's it. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not pastoring anymore. I give up. The church can run itself. I'm going to pray. <laughs> prayer veils much. Amen? Let's not get that wrong. We all have to play our part too. But what we need to recognize is the balance between spending time with the source of our strength and source of our life and also putting those things into practice. Amen? Putting putting our faith into practice. The book of James, if you ever want to know about putting your faith into practice, read the book of James. Read the book of James. It's fantastic. Putting your faith into action. Faith without action Is dead. Amen? So if you just sit around all day, praying and praying and praying, that's wonderful. But where's the action? Who's the legs and the feet in this scenario? The legs and the feet of Jesus. Likewise, if you are running around like a headless chicken, being busy, filling your diary and your calendar with all sorts of activities, you are not sitting still at the feet of Jesus, listening to his voice you need to address the balance we all do and sometimes we get it right but then things start to creep back in and this morning i just feel encouraged that we can read this and we can sort of take away from it that we can we can actually ad- address this issue being in his presence brings understanding it brings a sense of hope and it brings Growth. How do we know this? How do we know that when we spend time with God in silence, listening to the sweet, still voice, that he's going to do that? Well, if you are a Pentecostal, Bible-believing, uh, full of zeal, fire of the Holy Ghost upon you, Christian, then you will understand that when we turn to the Proverbs, chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, it says here, These are the proverbs of Solomon, David's son, the king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let, let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and these parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. And this is the key verse. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despite wisdom, despise wisdom and discipline very simple proverb that simply encourages us that if you want to get understanding about the things of God, you need to go to the source. Fear of the Lord. And that's not fear as in you're absolutely petrified and scared and and terrified of even writing his name on a bit of paper. But it's a respect, a reverence because of who he is. Because he is majestic. He is a majesty. He is, his, he is our all in all. Amen? If the Queen walked in here now, I should estimate that about 95 to 99%, because there may be one or two of us who aren't looking, would stand up immediately and start applauding the Queen. Oh, yes, yes. Rather, go away. how much more so would we do that if the king of kings comes into our midst that we would have a reverence a respect for the king of kings amen so the proverbs helps us to understand that having a healthy fear healthy reverence for God and spending time in his presence in the quietness helps to bring a stillness to our life and we are able to then start to gain knowledge and understanding and wisdom and direction for our lives another proverb is one of my favorites talks about um praying things when we're praying that we we surrender things our plans to God I've, I've mentioned it a few times surrendering our plans to God so that he will then be able to direct our path. But that means a two-way conversation. For him to direct your path, it means that you've got to listen to his directions. Another one, Psalm 62, verses 5 to 7. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. So God gives you hope. And if you want to know about worship and hope and being still, I recommend you read through all the Psalms. So these are little nuggets of God's wisdom. They taste good. There you go. They taste good. Little nuggets from from heaven. You know? If you read through the Psalms, you you are brought into a place of worship. And if you find it hard to pray or you don't know what to pray about because you've got so many things distracting your mind, read the Psalms. Pray them back to God. Pray them back to him. Sing them. But if you can't sing, make sure your neighbours are out. Sing them back to him. And you'll suddenly find that as you pray and sing the Psalms to him, the words on the page become your own words and you start flowing in the spirit and you start talking to him. Amen. So Psalms encourages us that not only can we get understanding and wisdom, but we can also get hope. God is our source of hope. And the last one here on this is growth. How do we how do we know that we're going to grow in God? Now this is one of one of the, the the most popular I think Psalms I've I've ever heard, Psalms one. Oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank. Bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. Amen. When you spend time meditating on the word of God and listening in the stillness to the voice of God, You suddenly start to find that when you look back on your life, the more you've done it, you start to look back on your life and you realize that you've grown. You've matured in Christ. How on earth did I do that? When people behave in a certain way or say things to you where once that, you know, you would have reacted in probably a very negative way, you suddenly find that you are at peace. Amen. I had something recently, I think it was about a week ago, uh, happened to me. I was talking to uh, some some family friends and there were a few things that were said that I realised in hindsight a few years ago, I would have reacted very differently to the way that I reacted recently. My first reaction would have been to start arguing with them and shouting at them and probably trying to throw a few punches. (laughs) Because that's how I used to be. But when God gets on the inside, He gives you, He changes you, transforms you. And there was some peace that I had even in that situation. And I kind of walked away from it and I was thinking, wow, wow, they haven't changed. I've changed. But it took that encounter for me to realise how far I'd come in Christ. It was almost like God was saying when you were with them before (laughs) that's exactly what you were like and how despicable is that? But then when you kind of come back to where we are now with your walk with me now I'm not saying that I am holier than thou don't get me wrong (laughs) But there are certain ways of behaving that's kind of acceptable, and some that aren't. And we, there is a, there is a, almost like an understanding of, you know, when when you when you're in the world, you behave like that, you do things like that, you say things like that, and you treat people that way. But then when you're in Christ, you don't do that because you see people as people, and you love them for their faults and their mistakes, and you don't hold them to your standards. In fact, you love them, even where they are at in their life. Amen? And so I found myself somewhat different to how I used to be. And it was like God was saying to me, this is how far you've come. There's a long way to go yet. There is a long way to go yet. But you've come this far. So that was a good indication that the more time I spend with God, the more time we are in the quietness and the stillness of his presence, we suddenly start to become like God. He gives us a supernatural source of peace, supernatural source of joy. Amen? Being still and meditating on God's word brings divine joy and direction. And we've got Psalms 119. You may want to note these because I'm probably going to, just for the sake of time, I'm going to move on to the next, the next bit. But we've got being still and meditating on God's word brings divine joy and direction. Psalm 119 verse 2 and Job 6.24. Now Job obviously was, as we all know, was in a particular time of um, struggling with his faith with God uh, because he was being challenged and tempted. But the one thing that he did cry out with his friends encouraging encouraging him and trying to interpret what was going on with him in his life because of the tragedies that had sort of surrounded him. He simply cried out, teach me and I will keep quiet. Show me what I have done wrong. He simply cried out to God and said, I'll be still. I'll be quiet. Teach me. Show me where I've gone wrong and how I can be different. Amen? So this morning, what is the importance of creating quiet time with God? Well, the first thing it is, it helps us to realize that God wants and desires and is passionate about having a relationship with you. Not just a momentary encounter where he breaks into your life because you invite him in and then that's it, that's where it stops and the relationship is, um it, you know, you're kind of living apart. But God wants you, wants to be in your life, in your home, in every circumstance, in every situation, in every moment of joy, in every tragedy story. He wants to be a part of your life. Amen? We need to be careful not to become distracted. We so easily... We can let other things come back into our lives and take up and occupy our time, our mind, our heart space, and all of a sudden we've got no room for God. So we just need to be aware of that. And thirdly, we should be encouraged to be still and to listen. The Bible encourages us to be still and to listen. Psalms 46 is a verse there that says, "Be still and know that I am God." It goes on to say some other things, but that one particular phrase, be still and know that I am God. His will be done. Amen? Not just on this earth, but in our lives on this earth. Amen? It's not just for other people. It's for each and every one of us sitting here this morning. It's for each and every person listening online. His will be done in your life, in my life as well, Amen. Now we have some very quick six points. If you just want to make a note of these, how can we, this? This is obviously the theory that I've brought to you. Some ideas, uh, scriptures I've extracted this morning about the importance of being in His presence and being quiet. How do we do it practically? Well, the first one. If you, by the way, if you can't note these down, come and see me at the end, and I'll give you these. It's not a problem. First one: shut up. simple as that shut up (laughs) be quiet and be still before the Lord find ways to shut everything off shut everything down and shut everything out and in doing so you will suddenly find distractions start to fade away and you are making time to be in his presence whereas you would be doing activities clear your schedule Clear your diary and say, right, that time is going to be for God. Plan it. Plan the time. Amen? Number two, start with a short prayer. And I say short because if you do have a small amount of time, don't sit there praying for three hours and going on and on and on, repeating yourself and repeating the same thing over and over again. But keep it short and simply ask God to open up your mind, calm your mind, cleanse your mind and prepare yourself to receive from him. Amen. Third thing. Read a small portion of scripture slowly. Digest it. Meditate upon it repeatedly slowly. By doing it slowly, by dealing with a small portion of scripture you're going to be dealing with something that you can chew over. Cows, chew cud. Be a a whole load of cows from now on. Chew cud. Chew the cud of the word. Amen? Read a small portion of scripture and chew it over again and again and again. Get it into your spirit. Get it into your heart. Look at it from several different angles. And when you start to do that, you'll start to understand and God will be able to interpret that and bring that to you as a revelation into your life you will suddenly start to make sense sense of it. Fourth one, sit and listen in silence. Once you've read the scripture, start to sit and listen again in silence. Allow God now the opportunity to speak. And the more you train, to begin with this might seem bizarre and to begin with it might just seem like you're preparing yourself to nod off and sleep. You know, especially those with parents who realize that when you are able to steal a few minutes, the first thing your body does is that. (sighs) But if you can train yourself to sit and listen in silence, you're allowing God the opportunity to speak into your life. And the more often you do this and the more time you allow God to, to speak into your life, you will suddenly start to hear the voice of God. You will start to feel an impression upon your heart. You suddenly start having thoughts about, ah, oh, Scripture, it means this. You'll have revelations. It's like the curtains being pulled back from what, that, what you didn't understand before. And all of a sudden, you understand what it means. So if you allow God the opportunity to speak, you will hear. Number five, as God speaks to you through his word, take care to write it down and record it. This is important. It's important for two reasons. Number one, because our memories, if you're anything like me, are terrible. And you will forget a lot of things that happen in your life and you will forget some of the things that God has spoken to you about. And at some point, when you're desperately trying to recall it, you won't quite be able to recall it as it should be recalled. But if you write it down, as you encounter it, as you receive the revelation, you will suddenly find that uh, you, you are able to understand it. And later on, when you need to recall it, it'll be there. Number six, talk to God and tell him what you feel that you have learned. Now, this is praying. At this particular point, you're simply having a two-way conversation. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for reading this scripture. Thank you for helping me to understand it. Thank you for helping me to see what it really means. This is what I'm getting from it. And then allow God time to then speak back to you again. But the more often you do this, now this doesn't have to be a three hour long. It can be 20 minutes, half an hour long. It can be 15 minutes long. But the, the, the point is that you need to create and manufacture that time with God in the stillness of his presence. Amen? In the stillness of his presence. Now before we move on, because I'm, I've, I've I'm now come to the end, But let us just give the Holy Spirit now a few moments just to minister to our hearts. Don't have to get up. Don't have to come forward to the front. No one's going to lay hands on you casting out demons. The demons of time possession. No, none of that. But I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you this morning and touch your heart in a way that helps you to understand the areas of your life that need to be addressed the time frames that you've allowed in your life need to be addressed so let us just have a few moments of reflection of self-examination and let us allow the holy spirit to speak to our hearts in jesus name let's close our eyes father We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that you are a loving and kind Father who desires a relationship with us. That you are passionate for us. And as we sit here before your throne today, in the midst of your presence and in the midst of your glory, Holy Spirit fall into our hearts relight the flame that was once within us may we be rekindled back to you and may the light of our relationship grow just as your word promises us Father that we will be treated like trees planted by the rivers of water bringing forth our fruit in its season You are our source of strength, our source of hope, our source of joy. And Father, there are so many things that have gone in the way of our relationship with you. So many distractions. So many emotions. So many attitudes. So many bad habits. But Lord, as your word says, we come to you this morning. And we we'll lay them at the foot of your cross. Father, take them up today. Exchange them for your burden. Give us wisdom and understanding on how we are to direct our journey with you. Our path with you. Help us to know how to create time with you. Time alone. We want to have an intimate relationship. Your Holy Spirit came here to be our friend and our comforter. Holy Spirit, come into our hearts, Lord, today. And fill our life anew. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today.